brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Roxy Soxy. Oh, a good afternoon, Tam Tam. It's getting closer and closer to my bedtime. I know I'm always <laughs> so frustrated when I see you. I'm like, you're in the good spot when we can shut off from life and go to sleep. <laughs> I know you still have a full day out of you, but hey, you can always tell me how tomorrow is. Yes, I can do that. <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but my yeah. kids have just been going to bed so late, late, like around, I don't know what it is. It's like, they're so excited about these fucking elves. You know, the elves, if you put yes. the elf on the shelf the out, on the sh- we can't find them. And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> we cannot find our elf on our shelf. And our daughter keeps asking us about William. That's his name. Oh, William. William. Yes. And so I looked online to try to buy them. They're sold out everywhere. Cause I was like, I they can't are. find fucking William. Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just tell her like, she's been really good this year. So she doesn't need elf on the shelf, but I use them. Like literally I'm like, you know, since I can't yell at my child, cause I actually have to like do gentle parenting and I have to like find <laughs> solutions instead of just go back to like what our parents did and just like smack us on the butt. We have to I like, like this find- commitment, Tam. Commitment. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? So now that I don't have to be the fucking bad guy, I'm just going to make the elf on the fucking shelf be the bad guy. So every time that Phoenix or Lennon do something wrong, I literally just put the elf on the shelf on their beds and then they look out and they have this huge panic attack. They're like, oh my God, how did they know about the markers on the text? What you guys call them? Sharpies. I'm like, they know, they know, they're watching you. So now they're the bad guy. And like, I'm, I'm just the perfect, you know, gentle parent. I mean, this is something we can all learn from. I, you know, we got to get to the gentle parenting. It's so hard though around the holidays because it's like, yeah, I don't oh, like gentle parent. No. There's no, no, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating because yeah. every two seconds, I want to get this. I want this for Christmas. I want like to do this and this and this. And there's just like a laundry list of like everything right. to do. And it's like, yeah. I always feel behind the eight ball. You know, it's yep. always like, yep. You know, and just like, it brings out so much emotion this time of year. I know. And what's frustrating Mm -hmm. for my daughter too, is like, she can't understand why there's Christmas gifts that she can't like open. Mm -hmm. So what she does is what I used to do as a kid. So like, I can't be really frustrated or angry about it. (laughs) She like opens the corner (laughs) and then she'll like sneak it in. She'll be like, oh, it's a pink box. And then I'll be like, what are you doing? But they can't, they have no patience whatsoever. But to be honest, like I do that now as an adult, like I'm in my thirties and I'm like, what the fuck did Sean get me for Christmas? Like I'll go peek like a distant absolute loser like who does that who can't wait till christmas to see if you got like a chanel bag for god's sake like, okay so is that what okay did you tell him you wanted a chanel bag this year i haven't got, i him? haven't got presents honestly for years okay and this is the reason okay i've asked for no presents because my husband and i are building a future together and i feel like it's all our money i feel like i work so hard he works so hard so it's kind of like i'm buying myself an expensive gift i don't know i just feel like 
because we've been living in that minimalist state in the last couple of years, like mm-hmm. I don't, I buy kids presents. I'll buy friends presents. Yes. I'll get you your vibrator you. that you're looking for. <laughs> Roxy, the one with the Where reusable, they, just make sure Where you don't lose they? those fucking batteries. Cause you only have one charger. Um, but I will get you your vibrator. But for me, I'm just like, I don't know. Like I can just go get my vibrator myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> but will you go and buy the Chanel bag for yourself? No, I wouldn't. So See? that is your gift to me. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Okay. So me up fine look if someone else buys me a chanel bag it's not like i'm gonna be like i don't want the chanel bag like yes i want the chanel bag but i don't want to buy it myself <laughs> I, I mean i get it i get it it's a big commitment it is it a, big, is a commitment. big commitment yeah well sure. i wonder if our next guest can talk about like what gifts he's got his wife or what guests yes. uh, what gifts he wants because mm. this guest is someone that i you know I don't even know, you know how we talk about manifestation a lot. Like I remember that like I was just sitting on my bed and just like going through like TikTok. It was like, I just started TikTok about a year ago. Mm. And uh, my husband sent me a video of one of theirs and was like, oh, these people, like we would be friends with them because they're kind of like, <laughs> would be so lucky to be like them. But like, they're kind of like us. They're just kind of wild and crazy. And I was like, well, I was like, let me see. <laughs> and then I was just so addicted. And I was like, oh my God, they so have the sense of humor that we have super mm-hmm. open, super honest, create incredible content, also vulnerable, mm-hmm. talk about mental health issues that me and my husband also have. Um, so I'm just so grateful that, you know, he came on the show. <laughs> um, so who do we have Roxy? <gasps> so we have a composer. He has a, an amazing YouTube channel. He's all mm-hmm. over social media. He has done so much. He's worked with like some really pretty amazing bands. I mean, we're talking like Depeche Mode, Susie Sue, Primal Scream. He's worked on the amazing like Spider-Man yes, 2, yes, Spider-Man James 2. Bond. I mean, there's Ugh. so much, so much that he has accomplished already. And he and I share the same birthday. Are you joking? Nope. I am dead serious. February 7th, baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, welcome, Stephen Hilton. <laughs> Thank you. It's meant to be. Same it was meant to be. See, fellow Aquarians unite, right? Right. My yeah. first question is Do you want a vibrator for Christmas? Vibrators we have in our house. For some reason, like Laura gets sent a vibrator a week. Like everyone assumes <laughs> that we want or need vibrate, they just show up. It's uh, like, literally ev- like, everywhere I look, there's vibrators. <laughs> Crazy. It's absolutely, we were just talking about it today. It's insane. Well, you know what? Vibrators are really expensive. Yeah. So um, I think that you are, you now know what gifts to give people. They keep mm-hmm. giving. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause <laughs> I would never buy myself that. I would never buy myself a vibrator because. You know what? Like I, I, these days, I feel like they're too intense. It's like we've over made it. They're they're a little they're a little intense for me, right? <laughs> yeah, it's true, right? This could yeah. This just this this side wherever I live, and yeah, it's 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 a thing. That's for sure. So, what are you going to do? You guys do gifts like you and Laura, or do you guys like pass on the gifts and just kind of gift the kids? What is your? We your- do do. We do do gifts. Um, it's normally we do, we're big, we're into cl- like clothes as gifts. So mm-hmm. something I don't want to say too much in case she hears this, but I'm on the lookout for something Ooh. special. 
Oh, I'd love some clothes too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, not that you have to give me clothes. I'm just saying to my husband, if he's listening, yes, I would like clothes. You're like this weird girl from this podcast was like, please get me clothes. I'm like, what is happening? Um, so let we, we have so much to dive into. Um, you know, I was telling you that my husband and I like work in a bit of in the, in the social media world and he'll be like, sure, sure. Um, not like us, but you know, it's really hard to, I find like when my husband and I are, aggressive towards each other or fight is normally around work. Like my husband's a director and he's a writer. So we did a movie together and I was just telling him how his opinions were all wrong. Um, and he's like, I'm the director of this film. I'm like, yeah, I know. But did you do my close up with the right light? So when you guys work together, is that dynamic easy? And that's why you've been so successful or, I mean, or is, it, is it like more combative? We, we definitely, we, our thing is we we don't tend to from the when when the phone in our case it's always a phone it's not a camera when the phone starts recording we don't really change unless we're doing a, a sort of sketches there's not that much of a of a difference so if we're having an argument it will come across on the vlog or you know we don't, we don't really sugarcoat stuff and that's just kind of how we are and I think that that's people tell us that's what they like and it's just. Yeah, we, we, we just try to, we don't, and I think the other thing about the way us working together is I never wanted to get into, I'm, I'm a composer and I was working with the scoring films and I never wanted to be in sketches or be on, on social or be, or anything like that. I wasn't anti it, but I also never had, mm. you know, necessarily do it. But um, when Laura started on Instagram, like in, in 2015, she was an, an actress and um, she did sitcoms and, and uh, commercials and stuff like that. And uh, she she just got, she was like, I'm done with like, having my, you know, my destiny be in someone else's hands and have, mm-hmm. have to permission to create. And uh, I was like, well, I've heard of inst- this thing, Instagram, this photo thing, they do video and uh, you should, you know, you should try that because I think there's funny people coming up on that and Vine had been out and she said I'm gonna I'm gonna just make a video a day she's very the thing I admire about Laura is when she gets something in her head she's very focused and she's mm. very committed to it she's like I'm gonna do a video a day for a year and I'm calling my agent and uh, manager and telling them to stop sending me out for auditions and this mm. was pure, pure faith and it was like no one watched at the beginning. The first video she put up, she took straight down again because literally no one saw. <laughs> um, and we just because she was on this this schedule of like I have to, I'm going to do a video a day for a year. I ended up being in some of them just by accident, yeah. and uh, just uh, and uh, and like I say, we didn't change. We would be talking about something. We just turned the phone on. And that would be what we'd post that day. And then that, those things started. She, Laura had a big viral video with her character about four months in. And then sort of people started coming to the channel. And then we, we just carried on making videos together. And then she had that character with the square face, the Helen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that just completely blew up and that's that's where it started and it's so much fun like I, I still love it now I, I genuinely and I think the good thing is because uh, I come from a completely different world mm-hmm. I don't uh, act in I'm, I don't get it at all I just you know I, I do I say what I'm what what I'm thinking and, and she's from it from the acting world so we come from such polar opposites it's mm-hmm. hard to 
combat over the something that right yeah. so you know i think one of the things that really <clears throat> caught my eye on your youtube videos was the fact that you guys are so open and honest you know you really talk about everything i mean there's really nothing off the table and one of the things you talk about is um, mental health, but also addiction, mm -hmm. um, which mm -hmm. I know has been a journey for you, you know, and, and you don't make, you know, you don't mince words. You, you really put it out there yeah. um, regarding relapsing and, and, you know, taking it, you know, again, just another, you know, step at a time. Yeah. So when you were starting, was that always kind of like when, once you started getting into making these videos, was that like, okay, now we're going to, you know, be very open and honest about this side of, of life as well? Or how did that kind of come I mean, about? Like everything, it's it's a happy accident. I feel like this whole journey has just been completely accidental and I've never planned any of it. And I was six years sober a couple of years ago. And uh, Laura said, oh, you, you should make a video about mm -hmm being sober and I was like oh, maybe I should maybe I should just and I'm, I'm in support groups and very often in those groups you'll you, you'll do like a lead at a meeting and you'll sit and you tell your story and I was like I'm just gonna I just tell my story mm. and uh, I did that and that video just sort of really resonated with people and it was overwhelming just just the incredible amount of people you know reaching out asking for help like how do I do this what did you specifically do how you know how do I get started on on becoming sober how do you go without you know having to use and drink every day and I was a very serious drug drug addict and, and alcoholic because um I mean I did there isn't some I, I was addicted to all the drugs sex alcohol everything like mm -hmm. I just got this personality where if you put something in my system and it can distract me from life I'll just do it until there's no more left and I'll keep being obsessed with it and just keep doing it and it's yes it's so I feel like I that the story that I told was just the honest story of what happened but it's quite extreme and people really resonated with it and um mm -hmm. I was like wow I can't answer all these people individually so I'm just gonna go steps uh, of the support of Alcoholics Anonymous I'm in um, and there's always a, some people say you shouldn't talk about it and my sponsor told me I can tell people I'm in it but mm -hmm. I can't tell people he's in it so mm -hmm. the way I think some people are like you shouldn't talk about AA publicly but I want to be, to help people and that's how I did it so if everyone's asking how did you do it I'm not going to keep it a secret um, so yeah, um, and so I, in, a, in, in AA, we did the 12 steps. So I thought mm. I'll make 12 videos, video step one through 12. Mm. And it just, the, 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 the amount that it resonated with people, I just thought at the end of it, I'm just gonna keep, mm. the idea was to go around and talk about step one again. And then I was like, oh, actually this happened this week. Mm -hmm. I thought about relapsing, my dog was prescribed Xanax. I had it in my hand, I was thinking, I'm going to just take all the Xanax. I'm, I'm six years sober. I'm not going to tell Laura. I'm still going to go to meetings. I'm going to keep it secret. I'm going to be mm. off my and it's going to be, it's, it's going to be, this is, a, you know, life's hard. This Xanax will be my solution and no one will know. And I was like, I'm going to talk about that. I'm, I'm just going to put the phone on and just treat it like an AA meeting and, and talk about that I wanted to relapse. And, um, since then it's just been a you know a journey of 
I think also with COVID, the meetings, real life meetings stopped. Mm. So Zoom. So for me, do, making a video is like going to an online Zoom meeting. So mm. like a natural extension of, of what I was taught to, mm. to be so. Yeah. Mm. You know, I got my brain scanned with um, Dr. Aman recently yeah. and um, I got diagnosed with ADHD because I've always had problems, you know, being a child actor, I was an actor from 14 years old and, you know, he talks about dopamine dumps and yeah. um, that's, and, you know, it's, it's so, it seems so egotistical to be like, well, you know, fame is trauma but it actually is because it's the same thing. Right. And that's what drugs and alcohol do. They give you like these dopamine dumps, these dopamine dumps. And I, when I, I, I got my brain scanned about a year ago. Well, no, about seven months ago. And I was petrified to put it out there. Like I was petrified to look weak. I was petrified to feel like I had failed in some way or that I wasn't perfect or that the world would see through the cracks and I actually had so much anxiety, which I've struggled with my whole life um, before I put that video out. And then when I put it out, obviously it's a cathartic release. Like people yeah. feel great. They feel, I mean, they don't feel great, but they understand you more and then it helps them. Yeah. But I'm always like teetering on that line of like, what is sharing too much? Like when, when does it, when is it not okay? And my husband and I talk about this a lot because like you he's a director and a writer like he never wanted to be in front of the camera he doesn't you know I just posted a TikTok and then all of us two of us are in wigs and he's just being wild and crazy and like he likes it because it's fun but that's not exactly what he wants to do but he's fine with it because it's a character yeah but he would never want to sit and talk about like some of the the trauma he's had because he just he, he can't do it now I do but he can't so do you feel like there's a line and like, are there things that you don't say? Um, Cause I know there's like a few subjects that I don't talk about, um, right. you know, and that's probably because I might feel so much shame or have my own, or maybe I just want to keep that secret. Are there any things that you wouldn't touch on? I don't know if it's something in my makeup, but no, there's nothing off the table. And I, I'll talk about anything, you know, I've, I've got a, I'm going to be going into different areas on my channel, which is kind of, you know, it is going to be difficult, but I, I, I feel like if, when you shine a light on something, mm -hmm. he, for me anyway, if I, I'm a, a secret, so if I'm keeping something secret right, right. in, and it's just that I do it on a bigger scale. And it's, as I say, it's, it's, I think it is because COVID meetings stopped. I couldn't talk to this alcoholic to that sponsor in person. So I started sharing online. And uh, I think that there isn't, no, there's nothing that I wouldn't talk about. I don't think. Mm -hmm. Like, what about your relationship? Like, if so, if my husband and I were fighting or having issues, I probably wouldn't say it. Only because I don't know why. Probably no, just Tammy, because I would feel like it. Tammy, you do say it on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, but I'm like Sean and I fought about like you know the fact that he bought the wrong tortillas or like you know we fought over the yeah. I mean, we do stuff like that. But if there was any deep, mm. again, we're in a great place. But if there's any like deep things with like certain relationships mm. or just. Right. Like, you know, I would probably want to not talk about that. Whereas some people are fine to because yeah. it helps other people in their own relationships. Mm -hmm. It's just, there are things that I think, mm, yeah, I don't know. That's just an interesting idea um, or question. Laura's very open about stuff like that as well. And she, it's funny because I'm going to have to, her, she just finished her new book and that's insanely honest about our relationship. And it's mm -hmm. got something that I want to address in videos. Um, 
and it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be like i what i found is if i make a video and i feel mm-hmm. sick before i hit publish it's the one that's gonna <laughs> i know god yeah it's interesting and if i'm like oh that's a nice video no it won't just for me and it may, I'm sure it's different for everyone and you know I have a lot of addicts yeah I, I've got a, I've got a lot of addicts that follow me and I think that it's yeah it, it's always the ones I feel the most sick about that that resonate because I'm digging into myself and going look look at that horrible thing look at that mm. horrible thing and then people are like oh I've got that too and they want to you know mm-hmm. identify but it is, it's, it's hard. And, and I don't know if it's right. I, I mean, I may, re- I've often think, you know, is, you know, am I doing the right thing? But I just have to follow my heart. And if I, you know, if I mm. feel like it's the right thing to do, I, mm. I have to, and it's also training from being in the program for 17 years that's taught me that to talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, when did you, because I know you've also had a recent diagnosis um, yeah. of autism, yeah. which you are also very honest about. What was the, that process like of getting diagnosed? I mean, what, like kind of wanting to seek that out, the, um, the diagnosis, what, were you, you know, questioning things that were happening or were there certain signs that you were noticing? What sort of led you to that journey? It was my son, Alfie. Um, he, he, he's autistic and he was uh, diagnosed um in june mm-hmm. and that was a big i mean it was a shock it was a big shock it was just such a big scary word and mm-hmm. like now i've realized that autism isn't a negative thing and it's a beautiful thing and with him i love his difference and i love the fact that he you know he'll he won't go to a playground and go down a slide. He'll get things and put them on the slide. He just has a totally different perspective. And I love that now. But mm-hmm. when I first heard the word autism and I looked it up online, all I heard was horror stories. Mm. I remember it was like, it's very selfish. Like I, I was, I was so devastated. I was like, this is a selfish thing to say now because I know he, I was like, I'm just going to kill myself. Like this, mm. that's the solution to this problem. I'm just going to mm. end it. His life is mm. Uh, but then um, I, I sort of came to terms with it. We started working with him and therapists came and to hear speech. He has OT and music therapy was huge. And when I saw that boy connect with music, mm. I was like, wait, that's like me. And then I was looking back at other things he did. And there was like a laundry list of things that he'd been doing for years that I called my mum and I said, did I do this, 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 this? She's like, yeah, all of them. I was like, what? She said, yeah, you were antisocial. You wanted friends to leave. You'd cry. She had to get a job at the nursery because I would, I would have a meltdown if she left. So she had to actually get a job there. It was that bad. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, oh, my God. All these are uh, a funny, interesting one was she, she sent Alfie a truck. And she said, uh, if you watch what he does, I bet he turns it on, turns it on, on the upside down and spins the wheels that's a classic autism sign and she's like that's exactly what so he'll do that because that's what you did I was like, oh my god I'm good it's and I I wanted to speak to Dr. Armand because um he he done the brain scan and we got on really well and he's mm. we've been talking ever since and I was I was like there's one person to ask about this mm. and then and uh yeah we did the whole 
diagnosis and I understand Alfie so much more now and I realize it's mm. not you know it can be a beautiful life and an, an ext extraordinary life and I can see that now and autism doesn't have to be feared and I was all I could find was negative stories I don't know if I was looking in the wrong place TikTok is brilliant for positive autism mm. I was just looking at YouTube and I was just seeing these horror stories but now I realize you know it's it's, it can be an incredible life and I identify with him so much and I think that I got a lot of my success in music from all, all I can trace it back to autism mm -hmm. the special best the hyper focused obsession the not being social being able to spend 24 hours at a time working on a piece of music so for me it's that's all my autism mm -hmm. I realize is there part of you I know that it's like it's a lot of perspective right but you know, when I was diagnosed with ADHD, I was like, ah, oh, like, fuck, I wish I'd known this right. 10 years ago. Like, and I, it's not, it's very easy to blame and it's very easy to go, well, why didn't my parents see it? But I don't actually think that I was born with ADHD. I actually think, I think autism is different. I think I actually developed it, which is, which actually can happen from oh. years of like brain trauma or whatever it is. But like, I was just mad I know mad is just a, a form of being anger is just a form. It's not a primary emotion. So obviously it's just coming from pain, but I was right. just mad that I didn't know about this earlier because I felt like I could have understood myself. I could have liked myself mm. better. Um, I could have accepted myself better. I probably could have designed my life differently so that I would go, you know, cause I'm like Laura in the way that, you know, when I'm specifically on something, nothing else can come into my sphere. I am so good at hitting deadlines, but if I'm not, if I'm wishy-washy, if I'm not that interested, my yeah. ADHD is all over the place. So, you know, I wish I could have been a superpower. It could have been something that I really could have like leaned into. Were you frustrated that it took so long to find that out? Or did you, you just accepted it and then just thought, well, this is kind of who I am. I'm a little different and I'm just going to, you know, play on these differences. Or would you have well, liked that diagnosis earlier? I, I went, now I look back and now I see it as, I really think it's the reason that I was able to be, be successful in, in music I, so it gave me an, an, an incredible life so I, I don't I, I kind of love it to be honest mm -hmm. I don't um I because back in the 70s in England I don't think autism was even it wasn't even a thing I think that it was I don't I don't think my parents would have even thought I don't think doctors would have even diagnosed it now, I don't know but I, I certainly I don't regret not finding out earlier because mm -hmm. what's happened I'm I'm very happy with with mm -hmm. how it sort of affected me mm. and um with your son um what is his prognosis with autism and how are you guys um using that to parent him now well it's a it's a very interesting uh diagnosis because it it can it can uh it's very fluid mm. so he got diagnosed diagnosed super young um, and we took him to the psychiatrist and I pushed for the diagnosis because everyone said to me, you have to get a diagnosis, you have to get a diagnosis. And um, so we took him in and she said, he's level three, mm. which is most severe. And like, I couldn't believe it because he didn't seem like that. Mm. And then she said, I wouldn't give a kid under three anything other, I wouldn't give a kid under three anything more than a two because if, if he's in here this young, 
there's, it's severe enough for you to notice, mm-hmm. but it can change. Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing, I've, Dr. Armand said that I'm a level two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so one is least severe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they still use this system actually, but it's mm-hmm. just scale of one to three. Um, and what and, can I just interrupt? What are the different traits and things to look out for for level one, two, and three? Like, what are the different characteristics? Well, apparently level one you wouldn't notice in a child because it's so it's it comes that you'd notice the traits later in life mm. uh, for me i mean the the first thing i noticed well with alfie the the big thing was the regression in speech he was progressing well and then he mm. stopped talking mm. and he stopped the eye contact stopped that's a big one um mm. We never really, now I look back, he never really did a lot of eye contact. He never pointed, he never clapped. Mm. Uh, like I say, play with cars, he would um, turn them upside down, spin the wheels and sort of rub them on himself rather than mm. playing like other kids do. Mm. Um, and those were all signs, but the big one was the regression of speech. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the amazing thing, since I've got my diagnosis, I feel like we've connected and in a much deeper way. And I can really see when he's having meltdowns, I can really get into his head. I really know where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. And in the last month, he's he's made a lot of progress. It's really mm-hmm. So I feel like he's doing really well. And um, music therapy has been huge for him. He loves music therapy. Mm-hmm. And we've got speech um, therapy and stuff. But... I feel like he's heading in the right direction for sure. So that's encouraging. Mm. Do what has being a father, because you have two little ones close together. So it happened, you know, my husband, I think was your age when he had his first kid and I'm younger than he is. So like it happened earlier in my life, but it happened to you quite close together. So what is having children and being a father taught you about yourself? Mm. Wow. I mean, the level of love that mm. I experience for these little creatures is just, mm. I mean, it's unbelievable. I can't describe, I never thought, would have thought it was, I mean, it's possible and it's, it's totally fundamentally changed me. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's really hard to put it into words because it's such mm. a huge thing. Um, but I feel like I'm a totally different person. Mm. Um, I just, yeah, I, it's... I, there's no words to describe the difference. And I, I just love being a dad so much. It's like, you know, it's, it's my, I mean, I, I want to say that it's made me less focused on other things, but it mm-hmm. hasn't changed me in that way. I'm still as, mm-hmm. I'm still into doing what we do as well. And, mm-hmm. but as, yeah, it's hard to put into it. I think I'm a better, better person now. Mm, more empathetic more yeah i think it's made me a worse person roxy (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm stressed (laughs) i don't have enough sex there's all these things now no sleep (laughs) no i do i look i think what do you think rox i think like i i think what has children done to me i think children has like we were saying before, Roxy, like made me relive life again. Like, I feel like I've been born again. Like I've, yeah. I'm seeing the world colors are more colorful and yeah. smells are stronger. And even the bad emotions too, like 
the intensity of fear is probably greater because mm-hmm. there's safety. And, you know, I sat last night and looked at my daughter, my two and a half year old and just cried. Like, yeah, not because I was, you know, it's tears we think is just about sadness. It was mm-hmm. kind of, it was kind of all of it was loss. It was loss of them as they're growing. And I can see them like their skins changing. Like I, they wake up sometimes and they look different. Yeah. And it's just like, every time they look different, my heart gets broken just a little more. And it's like, mm-hmm. but everything is just more intense. The, yeah. the, the, the pain, the, the, everything. And then the beauty. So I don't know. You're right. There's no reward. I think vulnerability too. Like it should, like having a daughter, I think mm. maybe even a daughter. Well, I think I'd probably feel the same way with, with a son too, but I just feel like I'm so much more vulnerable as a person. Like I'm so much mm-hmm. more open to, you know, sharing that part of myself and like being, but it's like, I wouldn't trade all of that for like the mm. world because that's part of like the beauty of the entire package. You and know? they see you naked. They see your bullshit. Like yes. the other yeah. day I was so snappy because I was so stressed. And I said to my daughter, I was like, I'm really sorry. You know, I, I don't remember my parents saying sorry. We talk about this too. Like, I don't remember our parents saying oh, yeah, sorry no. for their, like for being ever intense. And I said to her, I'm really sorry about how I treated you today. Just, I was really snappy. And she goes, mm-hmm. it's okay. You're doing your best. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God. It's like, yeah, you say vulnerability. Like they see yeah. you, right? Yes. They see your soul and there's no bullshit. Like as we get into adults, we have so many covers and so many masks and we just walk into life of like how we want people to view us, Mm -hmm. but they just don't have that. And I'm sure even with autism, they probably have that less, Mm -hmm. they care less about what, what they're showing in the world, you know? So yeah. Interesting. Was that something, did you always want to be a father, Stephen? Was that something you always wanted or was it like kind of once you met Laura, you kind of saw that picture because I know for me, I sort of was on this, like, you know, I'm just going to work. I'm going to travel. I always wanted to be married and like have a, you know, a partner. Um, But I was never sold on the idea of wanting to be a mom. You know, I was kind of like, I want to be selfish. Like I want to enjoy my Mm -hmm. time. But then, you know, it happened and, you know, I was a little scared, you know, being pregnant, like wondering what was to come. But then of course it's turned out to be the best thing ever. And I wouldn't, ever traded in the world. So I came from sort of like the other side of the track. So I'm interested to know if like, it was something you always wanted. I always wanted kids, but I never, I never met the right person until, until Laura. And that, that's when I realized, yeah, this is going to be when it happens. But yeah, I did always want them. Yeah. Do you think you have more? <laughs> Wait, is there something you're about to say? Oh, no. you can make the announcement here. Are you making the announcement? He's like, no, I will make it on our show, <laughs> on our social media. Let's see how good you act, you act your way through this. Right now. Let's see. Let's see. I'm not. I'm not against the. I'm not against the idea. And I. I mean, it's. Uh, it's been a crazy year, but I. 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 I would. I would definitely have another one. Oh. it's hard uh, yeah it's hard for my my husband's like done but I'm like because it was so hard on your body um but I understand too like you get to a certain part in your life like you want to also like do the things and have time to do that too so going back to like your business what is hmm. the goal to grow your business like what is what are the next steps and how are you guys growing your business like do you have like writers producers within your your business or are you doing everything yourself like what's what's the plan 
the funny thing is again we we don't we don't have this great master plan and we're really not strategic about it at all <laughs> it's, it's just you know letting people into our lives is kind of just what we do and it's just so lucky that it's just grown and blown up and you know i'm just so grateful for that but there's no there's no real it was never sort of intended there's no there's no master plan behind it we have tried uh, when we um right before we had Alfie we we tried because we got to the point where we were thinking well we want to push our production level up a little bit and just mm -hmm. experiment like with the sketch ideas that like maybe like bringing in some cast and maybe working with some writers and stuff like that mm -hmm. and it was a disaster it just didn't <laughs> at all it just totally didn't didn't translate not only that but the audience saw through it straight they, they just weren't on board with it and now I totally look back at that and I go I totally understand we experimented with it and yeah every time we use every time we, we bring on a, a writer it never never works yeah. um, production as well we do it all ourselves pretty much I mean yeah. we have an, a great assistant um, and we're about to bring on another one um, and we've got yeah I mean we've we, we got a, a great team of people that help us, but production and writing and, and sh even the shoot, we have a great DP though. Mm. He's really good. And Laura edits. Who edits it? Does she edit it? Yeah, Laura. Mm. She's, she's, uh, I mean, we have a, we have an editor for our vlogs because mm. we would, we were doing weekly vlogs and sketches. So we needed editor for the vlogs, but Laura loves editing. Just one of her things she really loves doing. So, yeah, yeah, it sounds like you guys have a good team. I mean, you guys work well together too. We do, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, we, I mean, we, like I say, we've tried to sort of widen out the team and it just never feels right. It never really works. So, mm. we, um, yeah, we're, we're, we've honed what we do to such an extent that mm -hmm. we'll, we'll shoot it. If it's a if it's a sketch, if it's a vlog, we just shoot and send it to our, our editor to put together mm. and note it. But if it's a sketch, we'll shoot with our DP. Laura will edit, and then I'll put the music on. Mm. Do you batch content? Like we try to do two two days a week. We'll do all the sketches and skits and TikToks and try to do that because you have small kids, right? So like yeah. when you say writing, I mean, it'll be like a Sunday night. My husband and I will sit there for like three hours and think of ideas. That's, those are the things that people don't, when they watch it, they watch it for two seconds. They have a laugh, they share it. Great. But there's a lot of work that goes into it. You have to sit down. You have to constantly be thinking about new ideas and what you're doing. And there's a time, there's time. We've got two small children. Yeah. You know, so like, do you like try to plan, okay, we're going to do this on a Sunday or a Monday or a Tuesday? Like, how does that work with your kids? I mm. wish that. I really wish we did. <laughs> we don't. We don't. We don't. We shoot and it goes up. That's, that's it. There's, there's not really a massive amount of thought, like analytical thought behind it. It's more just yeah. a or, a, or, or something. Yeah. So it's pretty organic. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, it would be a dream to do that, to have like a batch of stuff. The downside of that, of course, is there's sometimes where we're like we, we should we should shoot something now but it's uh tiktok's great for just off the cuff we, we yeah. love it. and just so it's just brilliant it yeah is. It's yeah brilliant. let's talk music um yeah always love music so is there something that you're working on down the pipeline that you have not shared yet that you can share with us that um 
I'm, I mean, right now, musically, I'm just doing my, I'm, I've, again, it's, was, I've got this thing with music. If I, I, I'm making, doing my own solo stuff. So, and the way I approach that is if there's something that I want to hear that isn't already out there, I'll make mm. it myself. Mm. And there was, um, I need, I wanted Alfie to sleep and, uh, I couldn't find the right music for him. I, I mean, I was into, I love Brian Eno and people mm. like that. Mm-hmm. Ambient sort of 70s composers and minimalist composers, but the pieces were too short. So I thought, okay, I'm going to make a piece of ambient music. I'm going to make it eight hours long. I'm mm. going to outfit to sleep. Mm. And he liked it. And then I was like, oh, this, I want this. I should put, I should release this. Like mm. if people are going to, people might like this and they might use it for their kids. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't mm-hmm. do it. Spotify because they don't allow eight hours or or Apple Music. So I put it up on <laughs> it blew up like straight away. And it's like it's got like almost a million plays on Spotify. And it's just it's people using it for themselves, which I didn't expect. People are like, I've got anxiety, I've got, you know, I can't sleep. So I put it on for 12 hours. And it's just mm-hmm. uh so I'm really I mean, I've really been researching. I've been approaching writing music for mental health like a movie score. Like when you're writing music for a scene, there's a certain, you have an intention and you have to convey something. So I'm trying to say, okay, if you're anxious, what things work with anxious? And I looked into even like left field things like binaural beats and chakras and things like that. Mm. Frequencies that affect different chakras in your body. Mm. Experimenting with using different frequencies at different times. Mm. And it seems to really be working. It's crazy. Like I didn't expect that it would resonate like it has but mm. super into i'm trying to make music for specific mental health things in a way mm. it's weird to explain it but it's all on the youtube all the pieces we'd like to ask this question like when you look back at your life and everything you've been through what would you tell your younger self mm. perhaps don't worry so much mm. yeah <laughs> it's all gonna be okay <laughs> Yeah. Don't worry, be yeah. happy now. Yeah. That's what they wrote the song about, right? Yeah. Oh, don't do drugs. Don't oh, do drugs. That's, yeah. that's a good one. That's a good but one. you even regret that, or was that just no. part of the story and part of the no. journey? Yeah. I don't really regret any of it. No, it was a huge part of the journey. Like, if I if I take one thing out, then I wouldn't be where I am now. So, I I, I yeah, I don't have any regrets around that. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was intense, but um, yeah, I wouldn't change it. Roxy, what's yours? You never said yours. Oh, what, what's my, what I would tell my younger self? Mm. Uh, I think I'd probably say enjoy every day and don't think too much about tomorrow, especially in those like younger years, you know, like I was always mm-hmm. sort of like thinking, you know, ahead versus like literally living presently and like in the moment, you know, it's like really, and learning from those lessons. Right. And to also not be afraid of failure. I think Mm. I would also tell myself because failure is part of the journey, right? It gets us to the next, the next thing. Most people that are very successful that we talked to on this show said that it's the way you handle failure too. You know, they're just, a little it's 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 a learning curve that what is failure it's only failure because we believe it's something that we feel like we didn't do right or perfectionism but there's no such thing as that you know all my failures are my my greatest stories and they're honestly like the reason where we are where we are is because of them yeah that's true that's a good point i like that 
Yeah. Now, Stephen, are you, because Tana and I have this shared fear that we talk about all the time. We're both fe- uh, fearful of death. So yeah. <laughs> we, we literally have anxiety about it. Every night, anxiety. 11 o'clock at night, I'll text her. I'll be like, how's your fear of death tonight? I know. Are you sweating yet? Uh, Um, But yeah, so I, you know, I'm interested because you kind of have lived life on the edge too, a little bit, you know, with like um, drugs and alcohol and things like that. So do you, do you have a fear of death? No, I don't. I don't. Dora has a big fear of death and we've talked about this. I've never, I, I don't, I don't have a fear of death. And I, I, I heard a great thing once. Uh, someone said, uh, whatever you think is going to happen, if there's an afterlife or, mm-hmm. or you know, whatever you think is going to happen when you die, what mm-hmm. about if whatever you think is going to happen will happen to you? And I thought, wow, that's amazing. Like, it's literally mm-hmm. what is going to be will be when you die. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, that really, I mean. Yeah, my I, husband, too. Like, he he almost um, didn't make it from COVID. Oh, and, wow. uh, yeah, he was texting his friends like, you know, this might be it. He didn't text me because he was isolated. <laughs> he was very sick. He was upstairs. And um, so we have a whole ex- experience through the whole COVID thing. But I was like, well, were you scared? He was like, well, what could I do about it? <laughs> like, what the fuck? He was like, well, if what was I going to do? I was like, uh, you have to hold on. That's what you're going to do. Hold on. You're like, I can't like, not die. <laughs> like literally like children, wife downstairs, just don't please die. He was like, well, you know, if it was meant to, it's just going to slip. Away. I was like, no, no, he was really sick. So, um, yeah. Just a funny, like my husband doesn't have it either. He's like, what's going to be is going to be. He's just like, (laughs) no, it is what it is. I'm like, okay, sure. I wish I had that. (laughs) Maybe that's why they're happier than the us women who are always trying to control it. I think it's a control thing. I think if you boil down to it, it's control and women love control. I'm not saying men don't, but women are more, I feel like the women we talk to like to control certain things, their bodies, you know, like they like to control death. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, maybe that is the reason. And I feel like, especially when you're at a higher le- like level, when you're just, you know, success is important at work and the women, I don't know. I think that it all seems to be the same connective tissue. Yeah. yeah for yeah. sure. And like that unknown too. It's just kind of like, ugh, like it's too, it, there's too much open about that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not like a, we just don't know, you know? Yeah. Well, on that depressing note, um, <laughs> Stephen, before we go, can you give, you know, there are a lot of people who want to be doing what you guys are doing, want to be creating, want to be on social media. Like I always tell people, it's not always what you think. Like a lot of people do it maybe for the wrong reasons, mm-hmm. but like what is a piece of advice for someone or, you know, who wants to be in your world and create, um, what would you say to them? Mm. Yeah, I get this quite a lot. People are like, how do I start? Mm-hmm. I always say, just start. Just don't think about it. Just just do it. Just literally start. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're authentic to yourself, I really feel like if everyone's different. So if you are, speak, you know, your, your truth from your authentic self, it's going to resonate with, with people because it's back to that thing about, wanting to be sick when I've made a video that's like I'm like that's too exposed I can't release this and I'm like bang that's it it's gone I feel like if you speak your truth from your real authentic self people are gonna relate with that so don't overthink it 
don't try and be like anyone else and just start doing it. That's good advice. Just start. Don't freak out. Don't think you need a master plan, right? Just do it. Don't think the master plan because it master plans don't tend to work out. Mm, good point. Good point. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Stephen. Thank you so much. You. We will be watching you and yes. admiring from afar. From afar. <laughs> <laughs> Please have a master plan, though. I know you said you don't have a master plan. Like, have a master plan to, like, I don't know, like, take over the world. Whatever it is. Just, like, <laughs> please have one so we can see more of you. <laughs> Maybe a TV show. Yeah. Oh, we do, yeah, we've got two TV shows in the movie. I should have talked about that. See, that's the no. See, <laughs> well, tell it, tell it, give us a little something. What, what's going? We're doing an animation with CBS of uh, Helen uh, and her family. Uh, there's they're making a TV show of Laura's book, Idiot, and we movie coming out next year called The Nanny, which is uh, with uh, Chelsea Lynn, who's amazing. Oh, uh, we've had her on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I love her. We had Chelsea Lynn on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We. We've been coming up with this idea for like a, a year and we've been working with a, some incredibly talented people and I think shooting that early next year. And it's, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a great story and it should be really funny. Amazing. And that's a movie. Yeah. Incredible. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. We are so appreciative mm. to have you guys, yes. to have you here. Guys, please don't forget to rate, subscribe and comment. We are Women on t- Top official on Instagram and women on top podcast on Facebook. And we have a clubhouse group women on top too. And um, Stephen, can you just tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah. Stephen Hilton. Uh, just search my name, Stephen with a PH uh, and you'll find me. Yeah. Amazing. All on all the social medias. Thank, Thank you. you. I am uh, Taman Sursok. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are women on Take away, Stephen. Talk!